Hello and welcome back to the Lack of Debt Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Began. This is our third installment of our weekly Sky FF foray. Uh, in today's podcast, we'll be talking through, similarly to last week, we'll be talking through an update on my team and its performance, the rising and falling stocks of various uh, players and teams and uh, defensive units and attacking units in Sky Fantasy Football. And I'll be talking through some enabler transfer strategy and why it's important to think about that, particularly at this stage of the season, because we will all have set up with um, your Canes, your Sons, your Kulisevskis, your De Bruyne's, your premiums, so on and so on. And at the start of the season, without having seen any of them play, we will have picked the best enablers that we thought at the time. And we will almost definitely have gotten them wrong. And a lot of new players overlook the significance of having a player who gets four or five points every week and having a player who gets two or one point every week especially on Sky Fantasy Football, where you don't have a bench. So I'm going to get into that, and I'm going to answer a question that's been posted a lot recently online, which is the value of a transfer this season now that we have 50 of them. So I'll get into that later on. For now, I'm going to do my usual thing of... I don't, can't remember if I moved to this side or the other side last thing, but for right this second, I'm going to move here, and I'm going to get my team up on my phone... And we're going to talk through its performance. So my team should be there. I'm going to tell you the things that I'm thinking, uh, how I think the the the, the week has gone, and um, so on and so on. So Big Honkers FC, my rank at this point is up, but I don't have any Liverpool defences, so I'm not sure how that's going to shake out if they keep a clean sheet, which I probably expect them to do against Palace. And the leaderboard, Big Honkers FC, is up to 5k. So I'm 5K, 171. At the start of the week, I was 8K. So that's good. But if you are looking at what I'm looking at right now, I have used yet another transfer to bring Kane back in. And although Kane did score, so it would have been worth it to captain him, I didn't fucking captain him. So I captained Son. And that's because I was working from the assumption that so many of us had that Tottenham were the better team. They were going to play in the counter-attack, so on and so on. They put Reese James to Mark Son, and that shit was unfair. Reese James is amazing, and he ruined my weekend. Romero tackles tier two, yellow cards, typical. Uh, enjoyed his performance and was disappointed with Dyer not getting passing tiers again. But again, like last week, Dyer only didn't get passing tiers because they were so they were pressed so little that the ball was just being rotated between the other two centre backs and wasn't going as deep to him, which is obviously the 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 kind of sweeper, the deepest most of the of those three positions. And so they were just kind of passing across them. That's why Dyer got passes tiers and he didn't. But um in terms of this week, they were under so much pressure that they just weren't able to hold the ball in that space long enough for him to get the passes tiers. And so going forward, I'm still pretty confident with that pick, especially now that the worst of their fixtures are on the, out of the way. Like now they've played Chelsea, it is Wolves, Nottingham Forest, West Ham, and then Fulham in the next four. And so I don't see why I can't expect them to get four clean sheets and four passing tiers uh, in those. And then it's Man City, which is hard, but Leicester's all right, yada, yada. So we've turned a corner. I would think if you were looking at this team, if you were still here last week, I'll talk through player by player, but I think we can all admit all of the L's I took this week are wearing a Spurs uniform. <laughs> Everything else 
is fairly template. So, but I will go through one by one. So Ramsdale, I enjoy having Ramsdale. The only thing I'm thinking about now, because I've spent the entire week thinking about team restructuring and the fact that Nick Pope has kept two clean sheets and uh, saves tiers, is would I prefer to rotate Aitnuri to Azinchenko, for example, who I would only be able to afford and don't want to double up on Arsenal? Rotate Aitnuri to Saliba or Zinchenko and then rotate Ramsdale to Pope because none of the centre-backs in Newcastle's defensive line are getting passing tiers, and they're also being rotated. So unless you feel confident that Shar is going to start every single game for the rest of the season, which I am kind of, so I'm leaning kind of in a Shar way, or or I would be leaning in a kind of um, trippier direction where the only bonus that you're hoping for are kind of off attacking output, which I'm not entirely confident in him to be able to do for an entire season. So I do feel like Pope's kind of the pick there, but I also do think that Ramsdale... Here's my argument for Ramsdale being the best pick. Sinchenko's going to get more bonus points than him, but he's going to be rotated for Tierney. He won't play every week, but sometimes he'll play in midfield. Still get passes tiers in that uh, Xhaka role, and we saw that when Sinchenko does play in that Xhaka role, is that kind of um, eight on the attacking side of what looks like a double pivot when you're shown it in the formation screen. When he's at Xhaka attacking the left half space inside what would be Tierney. So Tierney's out on the left. He comes, undercuts in. There could be a lot of attacking output there and passes tiers and tackles tiers. And so Zinchenko, we're yet to see what Zinchenko and Tierney looks like, but that's why I'm happy to hold my transfers, as I'll explain later when we get to the strategy section. That's why I'm happy to hold Aitnuri until I really know what's going on at Arsenal because I don't know what kind of pick Ramsdale is yet. I've just not seen enough football and there's always an advantage to having more transfers than everyone else because later in the season, right now, every transfer is a gamble. We've only seen two game weeks. But later on in the season, there will be a definitive template, like kind of three months into last season, where everyone realised that actually Cancelo has played every game. And all of a sudden, everyone goes to the template. And if you've got less transfers than someone at that point, you'll have less transfers than everyone else by the end of the season as well. And I don't want to end up in that situation again. So I'd recommend, if you are not confident that the pick you are making is the best pick, I'd maybe think about it again. However, that's time to, like, we have to talk about the value of transfers again at the end because with 50 of them, is there, like, do you sometimes take Ws if you take risks? Absolutely. Is it ultimately a game of gambling? Yes. Did I bet on Son today and lose? Yes. Am I better? No. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I've talked through my two Spurs defenders already. Cancelo did a Cancelo thing. It was nice to see. Because I think uh, a few wandering eyes had looked at the likes of Diaz and stuff like that and thought maybe shifting their money around would be good. So seeing uh, Cancelo do exactly which what Cancelo does, which is get passes tier two, an assist and a clean sheet, and kind of not even that spectacular a match for him, was encouraging to see. Eight Nuri, who if you follow us on Twitter, please follow us on Twitter. Oh, like and subscribe. If you're still here now, like and subscribe and if you're listening on audio spotify whatever like and subscribe so um yeah eight nuri what do i have to say about eight nuri so last week i was i was confused i was super in or out with 
Wolves. They changed the formation, which I didn't love, but I didn't want to double up on Arsenal before the season, so I just kept Dayton Uri, but not like passionately kept, just rolled with it. Last last week, he scored an own goal. Semedo is also back fit now, as we found out during this game, and so I gave him the eye test. I watched the game. This is the insight that you're not getting from these fucking data nerds and shit. I have no idea what this man's XG is. But what I can tell you is... It's not looking good. <laughs> so, um, will he get passes to yours? No. Will he get assists? No. Will he score goals? Probably not. Will they get tackles to yours? Yes. Will they come with yellow cards and penalties given away and possibly red cards? Yes. Will he, because he's not perfect, inevitably be rotated with the likes of Samedo and Johnny? Yes. So, all of this in a package, with the fact that from the eye test, Wolves were incredibly lucky. Incredibly lucky to get the clean sheet. Incredibly lucky to get the clean sheet against Fulham. They're not a good defence anymore. Get that out of your head. They're just, it's not a five back. The personnel are different. It's just not the same. They're trying to play attacking football, but they don't have a striker, which if even if someone who has watched football for all of a day, if you are relying on your attacking output and don't have any attacking output, you are a team to avoid. And so the Kyle Began Lord Pod certified eye test, it says avoid rule assets for now. I'm already, I've come up with a few transfer plans that I'll talk through later on. But eight Nuri is the one I see as the problem in my squad. Tungman Son, disappointed with him again. Actually, I didn't mind him last week. He got an assist. Uh, Spurs just didn't didn't dominate Chelsea the way that I think we all had kind of hoped they would because we all have Spurs attackers. So with all of them, like I talked about with the kind of the fixtures turning a corner, I'm going to hold all of them for the next four game weeks. So for the next four game weeks, I will have Romero, Dyer, Hung and Son, and po- quite possibly Kane as well. I'll, I'll talk about that later as well uh, in, the, in our um, transfer special bit. Uh, and then we have uh, Kamara, or Camera as they call him in the fucking commentary. Four points again, love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. It's exactly what I fucking wanted. Um, I got it right straight away, so I look like a fucking genius. To speak of me looking like a genius, Jalfelina just got a yellow card against Philly, he didn't get anything else. But good point to, to mention alongside that is that when you are relying on a for a person for tackle for tackle steers, particularly the center mid, uh you're kind of best to get that against the biggest teams who are most ball dominant in the middle of the field, like your cities, your Liverpools, stuff like that. And so the fact that he got um passes to tackles tier two against the best team in the league before halftime and didn't get it against the worst team in the league, no need to overreact. I'm holding Kamara, I'm holding Palinha, I'll probably hold them forever in a tight and warm embrace. And then Mo Salah hasn't even fucking played yet. And I'm telling you right now, I'm keeping him for ages. <laughs> I think, yeah, I can see Nunes come out and doing really, really well. But with my team structuring and the fact that I want to keep Jesus, which is a complete antithesis of what I said last week. So don't read up on that too much. Jesus is cheaper than Nunes. And so I'd rather go for him. I think he'll play more minutes and he's cheaper. So I'm going to go for Nunes, uh, for Jesus. That's my side logic. And because I'm not going for... 
Nunes was the only other Liverpool asset I really want. I really like the vibes of, even though they've not fucking played this week yet. I'll have Mo Salah for the rest of my life. That is my promise to you. And then up top, I've got Jesus, who was fucking electric. And looked sharp, as the kids are saying in the pub. So yeah, Jesus looks sharp, electric. Arsenal attack looking fire, electric. Got Gabriel Martinelli uh, has been on fire. Saka has been on fire in creating chances that no one scores for him. So really happy I own him in FPL and don't own Salah because that's working out really well. On FPL, I benched Da Silva and Nico Williams and played Dalo and Pereira. So stick around if you want to see me branch out into FBL content that really helps you guys. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Anyway, um, I did the Haaland and Kane rotation up front that everyone else is doing, and I'm happy to just tick along doing that until I come up with a bit more of a eye test. I've seen some stuff. I know what I want to do. Pick some, pick some, pick some. I know I'll, I keep saying that I'm going to make up my mind later. It's also partially because I'm about to talk about transfers, and so I'll go into more depth about my thoughts about different types of players um, while we get there. But in terms of right now, I, mostly I'm looking at swapping out my Arsenal Wolves defensive assets for Arsenal Newcastle defensive assets. Perhaps just kind of jiggling them around a little bit so I get more clean sheets and more bonus points. Just kind of mid-maxing or optimising my um, enablers, which is something we'll talk about later on. I think that is... I think I can move over now. Uh, Haaland, I didn't watch that game, uh, so I can't really tell you how he was. He touched the ball twice, one of them was an assist. Fine by me. In the game I did watch, it was like a, a fucking nightmare to play against, and... Um, shoot me. Like, I had to watch the Wolves game. What do you want me to do? That was where my assets were. That's the game I watched. So fucking, you know what I mean? My bad, my bad. Um, so, oh man, that's going to be so shit on audio. If you're audio only and you just hear. They don't even know the expression. So this is why, you know, our YouTube viewership community is so strong. But yeah, uh, the team looks good. I'm going to move in the middle now and we're going to talk about the rising and falling stocks of between game week two and entering as a preview game week three. Okay, so back back in the middle. Um, like Malcolm. Uh, I'll start with stocks rising because I'm a positive person, fundamentally. Uh, first stock rising, Gabriel Jesus. Two goals, two assists, shots tier two. He was the second most transferred out person on FPL last week. All these people look fucking dumb. So yeah, that's and that's from me to you. Uh, next we have Rodrigo. So uh, I started a league and started public public publicizing locally within my my communities of of, of male and non male friends who watch football, trying to you know permeate and grow the league that I am in. So my mini league went from three players last season to ten this season. It's really the talk of the town. If you live in Partick, you will inevitably have heard of it. It's called Nine Inch Males. Look at it. It's a huge deal. And someone who we've brought in recently, his name is... Maybe I'll blank his name, you know? Maybe his name is Daniel. Mm, Daniel Podence. So Daniel Podence brought in Rodrigo last week, who scored one goal the week before. And, I, and he also made three transfers between week one and week two. And so I was like, 
hello and welcome to amateur hour. And then Rodrigo scored three goals in two games. And uh, Bamford's now injured. So he's nailed to be the striker of a Leeds attack that looks fluid, if nothing else. And uh, he's scoring goals, which fundamentally, it's not an amateur hour, is it? I should get Daniel Podence on because he's seeing something we're not. So yeah, Rodrigo stocks up. Oh wait, I should also do like a should you buy, sell, hold thing. Jesus, buy and hold. The fixtures coming up are great. Rodrigo, I haven't even looked up the fixtures. Do not fucking buy that guy. That is a fucking noob-ass pick. <laughs> he has scored his three goals for the season. Stay focused on your come-up, guys. Enablers, we've said it. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Own Kamara and own no one else. Own Kamara, fucking Fabian Schar, fucking Saliba. Those are the people. If you watch the Lord Pod, own them. Don't owe anyone else. That's loyalty. If I see them in your team, you can't see that at home, but I've made a heart with my hand. Or on audio, I should say. On audio, you wouldn't have got the full experience. Tony has got a goal and two assists in two weeks, so he's looking like an excellent enabler. So his stock is up. Would I say buy? Again, no. You'll know this already. He's too fucking expensive. He's too fucking expensive. He will never, out, well, he might once, but generally for the whole season, he will definitely not outscore a defender of the same price. He won't. Well, would he outscore Dyer? He has so far. Hmm. Do I look stupid then? Unless I can fit. He won't outscore Zinchenko, buy Zinchenko instead. That's my argument. So don't buy Tony, buy Zinchenko. If you have Zinchenko already, by the three other guys I just mentioned. So we're saying no to Tony. And then on Pope, who has the most points of any goalkeeper, I want him. I'm saying bye. Bye big on the Popester. And then uh, Newcastle defence generally, which is an extension of my Pope comments. They're two for two in clean sheets. Which looks good. They're about to hit a tough fixture run. When we talk about buying people later, I'll tell you when their good fixtures start and end. So we can kind of estimate when the best top point points are but um for right now i would buy it depends who you're selling so i wouldn't move from uh ramsdale to pope right now but i might move from a nuri to a, a newcastle defender if they continue to look shit and it looks like a nuri may not even play the good thing about next week is a nuri plays first so i'll see the fixture sheet and then i can decide what i want to do but um yeah, for right now, Paul, cool. Newcastle defence, cool. Keep an eye on them. Fulham, it's hard to say they're not Prem quality. Do you want to buy any of them? I'd probably still say no. <laughs> um, unless you really want Mitrovic, you can do that. But it also takes up one of your attacking spots that could be, you know, your... Your Jesuses of the world. So tread carefully, tread lightly. Also, if you don't own Romero, don't buy Mitrovic because they're the same price and Romero will nail him for points every single week. So yeah, he also missed the pen. What a joke. Uh, Madison stocks up, looks solid, returning every week. I don't know how much he costs, but 
I'd say bye. And I've not even looked at his fixtures, so this is just vague, kind of made up advice. Um. So yeah, that's that's. <laughs> and then um, Henderson with the fifteen points. You guys are gonna hate this shit. Hold. Buy when the fixtures are good, because he's so cheap. It does enable you to go like no enablers in defence, and you so you could ultimately come out with a green there. He's also like he's guaranteed to get saves bonus. No Newcastle defender. Just using Newcastle as an example, because I've just said they're good. No Newcastle defender is like definitely gonna get saved. Uh, any bonus of any kind. Uh, so I'd say. Henderson, good. Not amazing, but good. And then Chelsea, on our stocks rising, just watched them look way better than I said they would be a long time ago. And I find watching them play football, even now, with the needle, with the aggression, boring as fuck. But Thomas Tuchel holding on to the hand of Conte after they shook hands because he was annoyed that they lost, is some real bitch. <laughs> so, yeah. I watch, I'm not drunk this week. I'm just, I've had a double dose of beta blockers. So my usual social anxiety is off the scale. And then I've written Koulibaly because scored a goal. Did he get passing tears? I'm going to go check now. I'm assuming... He, like, literally, definitely did. Koulibaly, 63 passes. What more do you want from the man? Do you know what I mean? So that is... In terms of who stocks up the most, I'll give you my gold, my silver, my bronze, and then we'll move on to stocks falling. My stock up most... Pope. In my personal mind, Pope. Pope number one. Two... Jesus, if you don't have him, idiot. Three, Koulibaly. No, switch the two. Number one, Pope. Number two, Koulibaly. Number three, Chelsea. No. Pope, Koulibaly, Jesus. That's what we're on. And then... Um, <clears throat> on to the stocks falling. And we have... I was kind of grasping at straws. I didn't want to just say the exact same list that I said last week. But a lot of people started the season not looking great and uh, have continued to... Um... Oh, actually, just quickly to mention one more that were actually quite good and kind of caught people off guard. I wouldn't eat. He looked really good against West Ham. So, and he scored a goal. So that's encouraging. They're playing very direct. He's the tallest guy ever. And so I'd say look out for him. I think he's a better enabler than Mitrovic because he's cheap per... And they've got a really good long fixture, ring, fixture run coming up from like game week five until the end of the first half of the season. So, again, keep an eye on that. And then stocks falling. I've got Fana, who got a minus two. Do we know why? I did know why when I wrote that down. Did he score an own goal? No, he just got fucked. <laughs> he got um, go goals were scored against him and like by like, yeah. Like, a lot of goals were scored into him, and he got a yellow card, and he didn't complete his usual passes to yours. He, his stock's down a bit, but he's still good for the 
he'll get passes to us in most of his matches. And so if you really wanted to go for him, it's an all right option. It's possibly an all right option to go for to go for, for the Man United match. For me, for example, if I didn't want to rotate any of my expensive players for the Man United match, I could always just swap Aitnuri out for Fafana and kind of be happy with the fact that I can expect him to get uh, passes tiers. Of course, it would be doubled for me as well because I'd have him captained and so take the eight points and leave. But that is depending on how much you value eight points. But it's kind of like an eight-point floor and the ceiling of points is like over 20 because if he does keep a clean sheet then you're gold so yeah that's that's my first wolves and then wolves is my second um i've just written really struggling and then i've written netto and then really struggling as well um i gave them the eye test and i tweeted this Wolves look exactly like what i thought brentford were going to be this season and i predicted brentford to go down so I think that kind of sums it up. It's 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 out of ideas. It's not as good as last season. They shouldn't have got rid of Cody. They haven't signed they haven't made a good signing in years. It's like it's not good. They should have lost 1-0 to Fulham. They don't have they don't have anyone who can finish anything. And their best player is Max Kellen. Which I suppose means that they should be good in defence. But the gaps around Max Kellman look Huge, huge at times. So yeah, I'd be, I, I, if I was a Wolves fan, I'd be worried. West Ham, I've got three question marks because I don't even know what to take from that Nottingham Forest game. The only thing I would say about Forest that people might read into too much is the fact that they got a clean sheet does not mean they're good in defence. Like their attacking system looks much more interesting to me in terms of enablers. Like I would be looking at Nico Williams for assists and Awani for goals. I wouldn't be looking at Brendan Johnson at all. I just don't think he's he hasn't really turned up yet. And so he hasn't really given me anything to believe that he should be the one that we go for. Whereas Awanee look great. Also, when they're playing direct, it's much more likely that Awanee will be the one that finishes chances. Maybe Brennan Johnson more likely to create them. So, yeah. But but in that, I don't like the defensive system. I think it's very standoffish. I think it looked like Frank Lampard's... When Frank Lampard first went to a five-back at, uh, at Everton, and it just looked really out of ideas and there wasn't enough pressure on the ball from the back line because it was so deep. There was kind of a non-midfield of defensive players throwing themselves at the ball, like what Tottenham looked like in their worst moments against Chelsea. And I just think kind of like what you saw with the Ben Rama goal that didn't stand or whatever. It's, I don't think it will be that hard for teams to score against them. And so in terms of you or looking at Nico Williams or... I forgot the name of their centre-backs, or um, Loughton or whatever he's called, the left-back, left-wing-back. I wouldn't be expecting clean sheets. That's the only thing. But I would be expecting save steers from the keeper, and so he could be better than other options, especially for his price. It's 6.5 million. He's like a million cheaper than other options, but I would say spend that million on Ramsdale or someone, because I think they'll probably significantly outscore him. But not terrible. Spurs defence immediately conceded in both games. And as someone with two Spurs defenders, it makes me look stupid. Um, and then under that, I've written Spurs in general. What do I think about Spurs' performance today? They're probably lucky to get away with a 2-2 draw. But I think against I think Spurs will score a lot of goals still. But as someone who owns two defenders, I'm not sure if 
the fact that they'll probably score a lot of goals is something that necessarily makes me feel at ease. But I can always do um, Dyer to Zinchenko. Dyer to Zinchenko. I don't want to go double Arsenal. I don't think that's a... I think double Arsenal is equally as... Shit. Well, we'll think out loud when we talk about transfers later, but if if I wanted to keep Aitnuri, I could go Dyer to Zinchenko and then swap Ramsdale out for Pope. Uh, so, yeah. Those are our rising and falling stocks. And then... Transfer strategy time. Okay, hello, and welcome back. Um, to the Lord Pod. This is our enabler transfer strategy section. And so I'm going to talk you a bit through what that means. Um, I think I detailed that quite well earlier, but generally in terms of this point in the season, the most important thing, especially because we all have a transfer plan, a transfer plan for premiums until the end of week four, um, Right now, the most important thing we have to think about is which enablers do we want. And and they have to be cheap and they have to be solid because you don't want to waste transfers on someone that's only going to get five points every week, especially if you get it wrong the first time and that can become two transfers or three. So we have to ditch shit enablers, but when and for who is the answer, is the question I will be answering today. In terms of but when... I have highlighted the best fixture runs for every enabler. We're also going to go through, I think it's 12 teams that I think have viable enablers on their books and talk through which ones I think are the best and when I think you should pick them up. I've also highlighted hop-on points for every single one of these uh, teams with enablers on them. And hop-on points, uh, a, a, a phrase that you may not be familiar with if you kind of are new to the game, a hop-on point is a weak where, as I've explained before, you you want to do your transfers in between game days because you can. And so a hop-on point for an enabler is a week where that enabler plays on the Sunday or the Monday of the football weekend. And so you can have your player play on Saturday that you want to get rid of, still get the points from them, then make your transfer and bring in the player that's going to play on Sunday. Now, the reason why I've highlighted every single one of these hop-on points is because these hop-on points are only hop-on points for 50% of the teams each week. And so you might have to click through them a bit to see which one's perfect for you, but it will be one of these. And so you can kind of look in the general vicinity and get an idea of when you would like to hop-on places. Um, it'll make more sense as I start to talk through them. But another thing I want to highlight is that it's not necessarily a bad idea to not wait until the hop-on point if waiting until that hop-on point means you're going to miss a lot of the best fixtures. Because fundamentally, even if I did a transfer today and got no benefit off it from doing any transfer trickery, if one player is going to get five points every week for the next four game weeks and one player is going to get one or two, that's like a almost a 20-point difference. And so that is something that we have to factor into our heads. That's why it's so important to get enablers settled now is because 
this is what will set you apart and consistently get you ticking up and moving up the ranks if you want to dominate your mini league and if you want to finish within the high ranks. It's something that all the players who have regularly finished high have done early. And there's a reason why there's so many people kind of within the SkyFF Twitter sphere who finish consistently uh, in the top 100, and that's because they know how to play the game. And mid-maxing your enablers is so, so important. So yeah, that is why I've made this video. Next week, we'll be talking about premium transfer strategy. And so if this is really fucking boring for you, you can wait until that <laughs> comes out. But yeah, for today, uh, our first team is Arsenal. And uh, let's get started. Arsenal. I've picked a weird two enablers here, but I've genuinely, I've generally called an enabler someone sub 8 million. And so that's why Zinchenko isn't here, but he's probably a way better. He is definitely a way better option than Thomas Party. But Thomas Party picked up tackles tiers and passing tiers. He's at the base of that midfield. They haven't signed a six. And so if he gets injured, he's not going to be replaced, which means he's not going to be replaced if he's not injured. And so he's pretty nailed for like a little bit of bonus. And he's only 7.4 7. million. And so if you don't have, if you've already got Kamara and you want another passes tiers option, you can go for party. The best option right now is Saliba, who's played every game so far. And if he continues to play every game so far, I'm assuming he'll be kind of 100% owned in the top 100 by, I don't know the months, but something two or three months from now. Their best fixture runs are from week two, which is this week now, until week seven or week 12 until 15. So consider that when you want to... Um, hop on and then as you have noticed from this hop on point list they you can hop on them literally fucking whenever and so if you don't have them right now i wouldn't stress about it because the reason why it says four point game week 4.5 is because game week four is a double game week and so what that means is you're hopping on on the thursday not the sunday night or the sunday morning before the game start but yeah tons of hop on points great options both 7.4 million which is great it's a good team. Yeah. And uh, great fixtures and they're predicted to finish pretty high. So consider the Arsenal ones. Villa. I've written doesn't matter for the fixtures here because this is Bubakar Kamara. And unless Villa are playing an amazing team, there are some in the Premier League, this man Bubakar will get passes to. And that's four or five points a week, baby. Which I just told you is what makes people win this game. So own this man. Own Bubakar. I do. Own him. Are there other enablers at Villa? No. Sell Coutinho, buy him. That's that's my advice. And the, 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 tons of hop-on points as well. Game week four. There's two hop-on points in game week four. You can hop on later on in nine or ten. I would hop on as soon as you can because if you have someone shit, he's definitely better than them. Maybe wait until after game week five when they've had the worst of their fixtures. But the reason why hopping on in game week 10 is such a good idea is because, the reason why I've highlighted that in green as well, is because, sorry, is because they play last on a single game day, which means they play after literally fucking anyone. And so in game week 10, you could take anyone out for the absolute golden man that is Bubakar Kamara. And so probably do that, is my advice to you. Bournemouth. So I made this before Bournemouth played yesterday, and I put Billing in, and he didn't even play yesterday. So I would avoid him. 
But Dominic Solanke, if you want him, you can have him. I don't want him. But if you do want any Bournemouth asset, uh, they've got pretty good fixtures all the way from like two weeks from now until game week 15 is the last game week before uh, Christmas. So I would say Christmas or the World Cup, whatever you want to call it. Joke tournament, Disney Mickey Mouse Cup. I don't know why that sounded better. I'm quite excited about the World Cup. So I'm trying to be entertaining. But um, yeah, um, hop on points, game week 4.5 and 12. So there's not a lot, but game week 12, they play after everyone else. And so again, if you were to hop on there, you'd kind of get the most for your money or you could get the most for your money for absolutely any player, which is always encouraging. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything to say about individual players at Bournemouth. Um, I'm pretty sure Bournemouth won last week but got fucked up by City this week. Yeah, they did, but it's fucking Man City, so don't read into that too much. Brighton. Did Caicedo get bonuses again? Probably. What a player. Great player. Uh, their best fixture run is now, and so maybe hop on soon. There's also two hop on point, two hop on points soon. They also kept a clean sheet against Man United, which appears most people could do right now. But that's always encouraging. So yeah, uh, I'd look at Caicedo for tackle steers, and I'd look at Sanchez because it's a good defense, and their fixtures are good for a little while. That's good. I'm speeding up as we go. I'm becoming better at this YouTube shit. Right, Crystal Palace, the two centre backs. Passes goats. They will pass against anyone. Great options. Just a little bit outside my price range. I think Gahey's over the 8 million marks. I don't know why I've included him because I thought I had rules and principles. Anderson's only 7.9, so he just sneaks in. However, however, they've got a tough couple fixtures coming up. But from game week 4.5, which as we all know is the Thursday of the double game week, they've got great fixtures. Or good fixtures i can't remember i haven't looked at them recently but if i've written it there it means that they're not bad so they've got good fixtures from game week 4.5 to 15 which means if they're good and not bad they'll get passes in every single game possibly uh clean sheets in every game which would be amazing because that's a ton of points and their hop on points as you may have noticed right now this is going out at 5 p.m tomorrow so 5 p.m on monday night if you see this at 5 p.m and you're looking to get rid of someone for under 8 million Bring in Anderson. Albeit he won't get a ton of points in his first whatever. But what is there to lose? Or you could bring him on in game week six. But you'd have to look at the fixtures and see if that is something you want to do. But yeah, passes tiers. Got passes tiers two and tackles tiers two last week, which is kind of the fucking golden boot of um, Sky Fantasy Football. Getting that in game week one is pretty fucking encouraging. So yeah, have a look at Palace assets. Don't sleep. And their fixtures turn in game week four and a half. So even if you don't want to do some of this like weird hop on point cheat shit, which I don't even do every week. I'm just highlighting it because the best players do it. So you should do it too. Um, by then. Fulham. The best fixture runs, they kind of don't matter because you want... Palina for the worst fixtures, but you might want Mitrovic for their best fixtures. And the reason why I've highlighted their hop on points in red and in bold is because they're fucking ages away. And so I'd probably cut your losses and get rid of your shitters now for them whenever you can. Because they play the first, they play literally in the first day of every game week until those two. 
and those are literally two months away. So, you know, give yourself a fighting chance in the men's league, at least. If you're owning fucking Tyrone Mings, you know what I mean? Give yourself a break. <laughs> and then next we have Leeds. Patrick Bamford, he just got fucking injured. So, like, I don't give a shit. But you could replace him with Rodrigo. And in game week six, they play last. So you could bring on Rodrigo. He scores another three fucking goals. I've just said don't buy him. But this slide is here anyway. And so, there you fucking go. Uh, that That's literally all I have to say. This, like, this slide shouldn't shouldn't be. <laughs> Lesser. Um, Fofana's good for passing tiers. I just said he his stock was falling. But he'll get you passing tiers. Their fixtures turn, gave me four and a half, all the way until Christmas, like a lot of teams do. And if you want, you can hop on in game week nine for the perfect fixture. So yeah, you can hop on in game week five, game week nine with the perfect fixture, or possibly in game week 11.5. And I've highlighted in DD as well as someone who will on occasion get passes tiers and on more occasions get tackles. So yeah, I think they're both good options, definitely for Fana more than in DD. Keep an eye on them. Oh, also, he's not likely to get clean sheets, so like I wouldn't go crazy for him. But again, if you've got your heart set on a Leicester player, I'd go for him. Newcastle, best fixtures, sorry, best fixtures are week 5 to 15. I, f- I feel I've said that about a lot of people, but around that time, there's a huge fixture turn. It's If you play FPL as well, it's, I'm considering wild carding then because I don't have Salah and so many teams come into the form of their life then. Uh, but yeah, this is the team with the most possible assets. You've got Dan Byrne, Pope, Botman, Trippier, Gimarej, Gimarej, Camlam Wilson. I don't know if I've said them all, but yeah, the one I'm considering specifically is Trippier because I don't think the defenders are going to get passing tiers and so it's kind of boring if I don't. Uh, anything else nice to say? Lots of hop-on points. You can hop on in three, four, four point five might be a good one because they're just about to come into the rest fixtures. Six, eleven, and also, I haven't read out the hop-on hop points for all the people. And so if you're deeply concerned with them and want to know where you can find them, LodPod on YouTube, all the stuff's there, just click through it. It's fine. I'll forgive you for clicking through it. I don't know if there, I don't think there's ads in my videos anyway, but fine. Forest. Best fixtures are week 5 to 11.5. Uh, and they have perfect hop-on points in game week 6, 9, and 10. And so I will literally definitely be doing that with Dean Henderson at some point. So yeah, I'll worry about it later. I'll worry about it in week six. I'll worry about it in week nine. I'll worry about it in week 10. It's it's fucking good. I think, yeah. Yeah, that's all I have to say. I think I'll definitely be bringing Dean Henderson in in week six. The fixtures turn. It's a single game day. You guys pick up what I'm putting down. Uh, Totteringham. The best... Fixtures are game week three, three to fifteen, which is just about to fucking start. I've got four of them because I'm a fucking animal, and their hop on points are game week two, which is now, so it's just happened. They didn't play Saturday; they played Sunday. Uh, game week four, two weeks, four point five or eleven point five. So I'd be looking at around the double game week point to see if there's a point where you can squeeze someone in there and not drop any points. Oh, and uh, the only the only one from Tottenham is uh, Romero. I've got, or you can go for Ben Tanker. Or, no, probably Ben Tanker. However, someone in my mini league did captain Basuma today. And, um, well, he captained Hoiberg is what I meant to say, and he scored. So that's interesting. If you want to go for Hoiberg, you can. He's overpriced, though, so I'd keep it a Ben Tanker or Romero type situation. 
Next. Oh. Wait, I'm going to have a sip of Coke and then we'll get into this shit. <sighs> Pepsi Cola. Um, not sponsored. Uh, Kane v. Halland after game week four. These are the five fixtures. <laughs> just tell them now. These are the five fixtures that each of them is facing after game week four, which is when you can't have both of them all the time. They, the rotations stop working. They start playing the same days as each other. It's a fucking inhumane nightmare. Now, as you'll see, as I've carefully highlighted, they both have three green fixtures and two red fixtures, which is annoyingly equal. However, I've made Crystal Palace red just for the space, just for the fucking fact that I couldn't really put it green because it's a bogey team from Man City and they always score against them. But really, that should be a green one as well. And so it looks like Haaland's fixtures might be slightly better and Kane's only scored one goal so far and it was kind of lucky. So am I leaning more towards Haaland? I, I, I have fucking no idea. Just fucking like watch a lot of them playing football for the next two weeks and hope this shit works out. Um, do I have any other advice? I'll go, I'll probably go Haaland and a ton of, uh, like maybe Haaland and Son. I'll probably go Haaland and Son. And it, obviously with two Spurs defenders, just wing it from there. Son not scoring yet. It's only two game weeks in, I don't give a shit. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking right now. But this, I guess, is an effective taster of kind of the shit I'll be talking about next week so yeah and then the last final and last thing which is also final that i've got to talk about is the value of a transfer this season and to me every transfer i i have always thought this a transfer is a good transfer if it's a good transfer the transfer is either good or it's bad. There's no in-between. Your team either gets better or it gets worse. And if you can confidently say that your transfer plan for whatever player, whatever more points equals this, do that plan. I know it's not a number, but that's because that's not how shit works. So yeah. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's Lack of Depth Football podcast. I'll be back next week with another Sky FF podcast. And I might be making a tier list of um, pundits because I realised today I really hate Sunnis. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. And uh, if you need anything else, let me know. Uh, I have been Kyle Began. This has been the Lack of Depth Football podcast. I'll see you next week. Bye.